Welcome to Inside the Media Minds. I'm your host, Christine Blake. This show features in-depth interviews with tech reporters who share everything from their biggest pet peeves to their favorite stories and give you a behind-the-scenes look at the life of a technology reporter. We'll learn about the person behind the byline and get their thoughts on the top trending stories. From our studio at W2 Communications, let's go Inside the Media Minds. This is Christine Blake, the host of Inside the Media Minds. On today's podcast, we have Dave Bittner, the producer and host of The Cyberwire. Hey, Dave. Hello. Thanks for coming on, Dave. We're so excited to have you and hear more about The Cyberwire. Oh, it's my pleasure. All right. Well, let's start out with a quick overview of The Cyberwire. So you have a few different components, the podcast, which you host, and you also have a newsletter. And you recently celebrated three years. Is that right? Yeah, we we celebrated three years of being our own company. We got uh, spun off from an, from another company, um, CyberPoint, which is a Baltimore cybersecurity company. Um, so the cyber the CyberWire uh, daily news brief, which is the email version, that's been going out for about eight years now. And then uh, about three years ago, we started the podcast as well. So we've really seen some huge growth over at the CyberWire. We're big listeners of the podcast, of course. And did I recently see that you reached 15 million downloads? Yeah, yeah, 15 million uh, and, and counting for the podcast itself. I think at last count, we've got uh, people in 120 different countries uh, listening in uh, all over the world. It's pretty exciting. That really is. So what do you attribute to that success? Well, I, I think the, the thing that uh, we hear from our listeners is that we provide a concise daily summary of the things you need to know in cybersecurity. Um, we'll hear from, uh, for example, I was uh, talking to a, a CISO not long ago, and um, he was telling me that he listens to the CyberWire on his way into work every morning, and that way, when he gets to work, there are no surprises. When he goes to his daily meeting, at least he's up on what's going on. So no one's going to surprise him and say, hey, did you hear about such and such? Chances are we will have covered it. And so, um, you know, he, he joked that he could go in uh, to his meeting and at least uh, sound like he knew what he was talking about. I love that. And it's interesting, too. You really offer a bit of something for everyone, from news about funding to political themes and product announcements, really the whole gamut of things going on in the cybersecurity industry in the daily brief. So how did you get the idea of this platform and how did you decide to offer it in such a diverse way? Well, I mean, the CyberWire itself started out as an internal newsletter at CyberPoint uh, for the, the folks who worked there. And then um, the decision was made that uh, we should share this with the cybersecurity community as a whole. The notion was that a, an informed community is a safer community. So we started publishing it and making it available uh, to the public. And then uh, I joined the team um, at CyberPoint originally about four years ago, and I made the suggestion, hey, why don't we turn this daily newsletter into a podcast? And uh, they thought it was a good idea, so we did some test shows and, uh, and launched it, and it's sort of taken off from there. It's evolved into its own thing. It certainly has uh, – its basis is, is based on the daily newsletter every day, but in, in addition to that, we do interviews and uh, uh, speak with partners and uh, – um, just try to cover that whole gamut so that everybody from students to folks who've been in the business for decades, uh, there's something in there for everybody. 
Yeah, and we listen to the podcast often, and there's so many relevant topics in there. How do you typically plan your content calendar to get guests on? Um, Do you focus on current events or trending topics? What does that consist of typically? It's a combination of things. Um, like like you said earlier, now we, we try to have something for everyone. We try to cover the business side, uh, the technical side. We try to have information in there for uh, students who are just coming up and are learning, and, and again, for those seasoned professionals. But um, it, it all starts with uh, the gathering of stories that happens every day to produce the daily email. Uh, we get thousands of stories that come in, um, and we curate that down down to the couple hundred links that are the most relevant. And then from there, we distill that down to what makes it into the script for the daily podcast. And then in addition to that, um, we'll reach out to folks who we think are interesting, who we want to interview to be on the show, maybe uh, an author with a new book. Um, We get a lot of pitches from PR folks who want to uh, put their folks uh, on our show. So uh, uh, our our motto with that is we want to talk to people who have something to say, not just something to sell. So if there's a something interesting, <laughs> something interesting that they can share that that our audience will benefit, we love to have them on. Uh, and then we have our own sources as well. If there's a, a hot topic, uh, we can reach out to an expert in a particular line uh, segment of um, of cybersecurity and, and get them on the show as well to kind of provide clarity for some topic that's in the news. Um, we tend not to to chase down um, uh, breaking news. Uh, that's not really. Um, it's not really our beat. Uh, we try to provide uh, clarity for the stories that uh, that matter. Okay, and that makes sense. It, it really seems like there's always a trending topic or relevant conversation going on with the security world that's always evolving and changing. So what are some of your personal favorite topics to cover on the podcast? I like talking to interesting people. I, I always say my favorite part about my job is that I get to talk to really smart people about interesting topics. Um, I love to learn about people's professional journeys, uh, how they got their start in the business. Um, I, I'm really interested in a lot of the history, how we got to the, the point of where we are today. But um, in terms of topics, um, some of the technical things are interesting. Um, I, I tend not to, to uh, dig too deep into that. That doesn't really align with my background, but um, it's always fun to learn. You know, we have we have our Research Saturday show, which is a weekly show, and uh, to me, to be able to talk to people who are, you know, usually smarter than me <laughs> and learn, have, have really, really smart people sort of teach me what they're working on, and for me to be able to share that with the audience, um, that sort of intellectual stimulation, that never gets old. I, I always, I love to learn, and uh, it's just great to have the opportunity to get to talk to people and find out what they're up to. You know, that's so true. And I completely agree with you on that. It's it's so fun to hear the stories and really the behind the scenes journey of how people got their start and where they are today. And, you know, that's really why we started this podcast to hear more about reporters backgrounds and learn more about them and how they got to where they are. Yeah. And it's it's an interesting point, too, because the other thing that it speaks to is um, the importance of diversity, the importance of having um, those backgrounds that different people bring, their different life experiences. Because of that, they bring different ways of approaching problems. And so you get a fresh look at an old problem. 
and maybe it'll be solved in some way that uh, that that you didn't think of before. So you know that sort of value added, that that diversity of thought. I think that's a really important thing that people are just finally getting the message that uh, just how important that is when it comes to hiring and making sure that the, the people on your teams have that broad um, spectrum of experiences that they can bring to the table. That said, what would you say is one of your most memorable interviews? Um, I'm sure there are many, but if one or two stick out, which ones are those? Yeah, well, you know, it's funny because uh, in the when we were coming up on our three year anniversary, we were just looking at some stats and and things, and and I've done over a thousand interviews since we've started, so there's been a lot. Um, but one of the most memorable for me, um, I got to interview author Stephen Levy, um, and he wrote a book called Hackers: Heroes of the Computer Revolution, and that was a book that when I was in high school, I just devoured. And it, it was the history of the the early hackers, you know, Steve Jobs and Steve Wozniak, and the folks at MIT, and um, the lock pickers, and you know, lock lock picking is still something that we see, uh, you know, an, an active thing that goes on in hacker communities today. Um, the phone freaks, you know, all those people who were doing that really early stuff. And so um, to get to talk to him was a real thrill for me, uh, someone whose writing I've admired for a long, long time. Uh, and that's really fun, too, to get to you know, kind of talk to some of your journalistic heroes. Uh, that, that's quite a thrill. Yeah, I bet that would be. So how did you personally get your start in media? Well, um, I went to college. I was I went to the University of Maryland, and uh, I was a radio, television, and film major. So uh, uh, journalism was was part of that. Um, and I came out and was really among that group of desktop digital video pioneers. It was that time when um, the Macintosh was making it available or uh, making it possible that you could uh, build a video editing suite that was um, able able to do things that would have cost millions of dollars before. So me and some of my friends from college uh, teamed up and we, we put together a company that, uh, that did that, that sort of thing. Um, a lot of B2B stuff, um, covered a lot of sports, things like that, traveled with some teams. And um, yeah, and then uh, eventually, I did that for about 20 years. And then uh, eventually got lured away by one of my clients, which was actually CyberPoint. Uh, they came and said, hey, we're, uh, we're interested in hiring someone who does what you do. And uh, so we talked, and it just seemed like a good fit. Cybersecurity was certainly a growing area, something I had uh, some, some background in. I was, I was very much a technical guy, and I was, I was absolutely part of that first generation of 8-bit computers and uh, some of those explorations of the, of the phone system and things like that. But um, I'd been out of it for a while, so I, I definitely had a, uh, a period of time there where when I was getting up to speed uh, to catch up with everything that had changed in cyber specifically. Um, but I, I really had a strong background in the storytelling side of things, the, the editing, um, putting together media, publishing, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, so it's amazing that you've done over a thousand interviews in three years. So given your expertise covering this industry, what do you expect will be one of the biggest stories in 2019? Well, I, you know, I, that's an interesting question because it's hard to know. I, I think the biggest story of 2019 is something that hasn't happened yet. You know, we have not had our huge, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, 
every day you come in and you, you say, what's it going to be? What, what's going to be our, our wanna cry? You know, what, what, uh, what's going to be our not petcha for, for 2019? What's going to be the big one? Um, it hasn't happened yet. I guess we're coming up on the year being about halfway over. Uh, but I'm sure there will be something that will happen. Um, and it'll be maybe when we least expect it. Um, I'm not sure. We have all of this uh, interest from nation states who are, are um, uh, exploring each other's systems and trying to get a foothold in uh, things like industrial control systems and those sorts of things. Um, but, uh, you know, there are the big consumer breaches. There, there's always, uh, it seems like every week there's a, a million records here, a million records there that get uh, exposed. I don't know if we'll see a a big one like another Equifax or something like that this year. I think it's possible. Um, I don't know how many more records are there, there are left to be exposed, but um, I'm, I'm sure some of those will happen. Um, I think some of the big stories this year have to do with the the message getting out about cybersecurity. I mean, we're seeing people are really getting the message about how big a problem phishing is and how important it is to train your employees. Um, we're seeing things about how important it is to have two-factor authentication. If if something's important to you, you should have multi-factor authentication on that. Uh, the importance of things like password managers, not reusing passwords. A lot of those basic hygiene things, uh, it feels like they're re- they're ma- they're at long last, making their way through organizations to all levels of organizations, people are getting it. The, the training is working. Those policies are making their way through, and um, people are making those adjustments. And so hopefully people are, are going to be safer this year. Yeah, it really seems like everything is becoming more mainstream and relevant to broader audiences that aren't really in the day-to-day of it. Yeah, but also um, it's making its way up to the higher levels of of companies. I think in the past two years or so, we've really seen um, cybersecurity basically take a seat at the board level where the boards uh, have recognized this is an important area that they've got to manage their risk. They have to take a risk-based approach to cybersecurity. And so because it's getting the funding and the attention at the board level – it's seen as a priority throughout the company, and, and I guess that drives how it's trickling down through organizations at every level. So we'll go into listener questions in a bit, but this next question is one that I actually had written down myself as a question, but we also got from a few listeners. You guys at the CyberWire are often at events and conferences like RSA, like Black Hat, and we actually saw you recently recorded a live show at a conference in Orlando. We did. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah, let's talk about that a little bit. And also, I'm curious, what do you look for at these type of events and what type of coverage does a CyberWire typically do? Mm. Well, the conference uh, that where we did our live show, that was uh, KBeforeCon. That was sponsored by KnowBefore. They're a company that uh, provides training for companies to um, uh, help protect their employees against phishing. Um, they are a big sponsor of one of our shows that's called Hacking Humans, and that's a show all about social engineering. And so they sponsored that, and they invited us down to basically do a live version of our show at their conference. So, th- so that was a real thrill. We had an audience of a few hundred people there and uh, we were able to do our live show. We interviewed Kevin Mitnick, who's one of the uh, world's most famous hackers. Um, I, and uh, so, wow, that must have been so much fun. It really was. You know, having a live audience really—it um, just 
it, it, it ups everybody's energy level, and we just had a really great time. It was uh, just really happy that uh, they invited us down there, and it's something we're looking forward to doing. We're exploring how we can do it in, in other venues and uh, what other ways we can do it. I, I think um, uh, the sense is that uh, the audience enjoyed it. Uh, so it's something we're going to explore in the future. Um, in terms of shows, um, you know, I... <sighs> There, there, to me, there are a couple different levels, uh, ways to go at the big shows. Obviously, you've got all of your big players, and you want to check in with them. Um, but for me, what's often most interesting is going around the the border of the the uh, the show floor, the people out on the edges who have those little booths, who you know they know that they have something that is going to change the world if only someone will listen to them. <laughs> and so, to find those people who've invented that better mousetrap, who uh, who who haven't gotten the notice that maybe they deserve or or they they feel like they they need, that's always fun for me to go around and see what's on the leading edge. What are what are people working on that maybe hasn't gotten attention yet. So I always try to take some time to do that. And then the other great thing about those shows is getting able to meet people face-to-face who maybe I've only met through interviewing them or um, online or something like that, to be, to be able to actually sit down either at an event or a, a lunch or a breakfast or a dinner and uh, just chat and really get to know the people in this business. Um, that's really time well spent as well. Well, well, it'll be definitely interesting to see more of the CyberWire at these events and especially at the live shows. I know I'm personally interested in attending one of those. So please keep us posted on that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. All right. So let's jump into listener questions, our new segment on the podcast. So here we go. Podcasts, of course, are different than written interviews with the the tone of people's voices and the guests' expressions. Do you keep that in mind during interviews? And what sort of reactions do you listen for when uh, recording a podcast? Uh, yeah, I mean, that's a great question. And I think that's one of the things that I love about podcasting is that sense of let's call it intimacy that you can have with the people you're interviewing and 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 i think that the person who asked that question has it exactly right that sometimes you can tell by someone's tone of voice uh whether or not something is is something they want to dig into more whether it's something they want to move on from um often there's a little tone of of maybe intrigue that makes me ask a follow-up question to dig into something um it's fun to it's fun to laugh with people. It's fun to to uh, to be a little light with people, um, to get to know them a little bit. So, um, yeah, I, I think that's an important part of it is being tuned in to the people you're talking with. I love it when I can establish a, a certain amount of rapport with the people I'm interviewing. Every now and then I can't, and um, it's frustrating to me, and I, I feel as though... Um, you know, I've I've let my audience down if if I can't make a connection with the people that I'm interviewing. It happens rarely, but it does happen, and it's one of those things that I I just try to try to learn from and and do better every time I have an interview. But every interview is different. That's part of what makes it exciting. Um, and like we said earlier, just that opportunity to learn from people that never gets old. And that's actually one of the other questions, too. It's how do you handle a guest that's a little more challenging to build rapport with or doesn't have that same vibe or energy? I guess you just answered it. You just learn from it, right? Well, you do. Um, I, I will say I'll, I'll give a bit of advice for folks out there who are being interviewed. Um, 
<laughs> uh, engage in the conversation. You know, I, I want to talk to you because you are the expert on the thing that we're talking about. I, I want to know what you think about it. And so if you come to the interview with a bunch of prepared remarks, we're going we're gonna to sense that right away. Um, it's funny. I've actually had one or two interviews over the years where I've asked someone an interview or asked someone a question, and I'll say to the person, hey, uh, you know, well, welcome to the show. Um, my first question is, what color, what, what color is the sky? And then I'll hear them flipping pages, right? They're flipping pages through their, through their answers, and they'll say, uh, Dave, the color of the sky is blue. <laughs> and and so, I'm, so I think to myself, all right, Buckle up. Here we go. And now it's a challenge to me because how am I going to get them off script, right? How am I going to how am I going to get to the real person on the other side of that? How can I phrase a question to get them out of their scripted responses? So, um, you know, be well prepared. Know your stuff, but but don't come in scripted. No one that's not good for the audience, and that's not going to make you sound good. People want to hear that authenticity. They want to know your point of view. They don't want to hear the stuff that marketing wrote up for you ahead of time. That is fantastic advice, and I love that you just said that. I really think a big thing is truly being present and engaging in a conversation. I think people often get nervous or think too much that they're being recorded or think too much about what they're going to say that they really get lost in it. And really the most important thing at the end of the day is being present and engaged. And that really does shine through during a a conversation. Yeah, I think so. I think so. And let's see the last one here. And we did go into this a bit earlier too, is planning your calendar and maybe offering some tips for people that want to be on the show. What should they be doing to stand out? And um, of course, like you said earlier, not coming on to sell something, but um, any thoughts on that topic? Yeah, I mean, there's a natural calendar of events that happens in the cybersecurity world. Um, Obviously, at the beginning of every year, um, everyone has their report that they publish looking back on the previous year. And so some of those are interesting. Um, uh, There are the events throughout the year. There's RSA. um, There's Black Hat, you know. So leading up to those, um, our inboxes get absolutely flooded with pitches of people who want to talk about um, talk about the stuff that they want to pitch to us and, and share with our audience. Um, but, but it was sort of what I touched on earlier. You know, we, if you have something to say, not just something to sell, I mean, it's okay to talk about the thing that you sell, but not in a pitchy sort of way. If you're involved in, let, I mean, let's just choose something. If you're involved in biometric authentication, right? Getting rid of passwords and helping people be safer by having different ways to log into their systems. Well, great. Let's talk about that. Let's talk about um, what's the state of the art in that? Where where are things going with that? How did we get to where we are with that? And there's a way to do that. Um, uh, I'll, like some of the people I talk to who do it well, they'll say, for example, um, our company and others are using this technique, right? Well, that's a great way to highlight that your company's doing that, but you're not doing it in an overly sort of salesy kind of way. Um, it, yeah, it absolutely is. So walking that line, um, there, there's no problem with talking about 
products, but um, we try not to cross a line and say, here's what we do, and, and uh, have people on the show who say, here's what we do, and here's why it's the best, and here why you should, here's why you should only buy it from us. If you come at it from that point of view, chances are it's not going to make it on our show. And we also saw that you are doing a listener survey and looking to gather insight from a listener. So what really is the goal of that survey? What are you looking to accomplish? Well, uh, it really it, it, we're we're growing and we're creating new podcasts. Um, we're hiring people. Uh, we're coming out with new products. We're trying to decide what products we want to come out with. So, we're learning from our audience. What are the things that are important to them? What are their priorities? What are some of the things they'd like to see us do? We've been very successful with the things that we've done so far, um, and it's really just time to to take stock and and um, get some hard numbers. Get some good feedback from our audience. And so uh, even the stuff we've been getting so far has been tremendous. Um, we're really lucky that we have great engagement with our audience. Uh, we like to say we don't have just listeners, we have fans. And so when we put the word out there for folks to, uh, to participate in the survey, uh, which is at the cyberwire.com slash survey, um, people have, uh, have really stepped up and the response rate has been uh, really great. So we really appreciate that. Oh, great. And I think some people on our team have responded, too. And, you know, that level of engagement really shows how much you care and also that people truly are fans of the show. So what's next for CyberWire? What's on the horizon? Well, uh, we will definitely be adding some more shows. Um, there will be more podcasts that we'll be adding uh, over the next few years. Um, we're exploring some possibilities for uh, some subscription-based products where maybe we'll dig deeper into some topics and, uh, and uh, some specific um, areas um, where um, maybe that aren't um, as interesting for a broad audience, but uh, that people would, be, would, would want to subscribe to the same sort of insights and analysis that they're used to getting from the CyberWire, but on some some narrower uh, subjects. Um, so that's one thing we're exploring. Um, other publications, um, but uh, uh, mostly more of the same. Um, looking at uh, growing our audience, of course, getting the word out about the shows that we do have now, um, and just um, trying to make uh, this world of cybersecurity a little safer. Yeah, I love that. Cool. Well, thanks so much, Dave. That covers all the questions we have for you today. And of course, everyone listening should go check out the CyberWire podcast and daily newsletter. Well, thanks for coming on, Dave. This has been a lot of fun. No, it's my pleasure. Thanks for having me. For everyone listening, don't forget to check us out anywhere you listen to podcasts and follow along on Twitter at Media Mind Show. Thank you.